Hello. Thank you for tuning into the For What For Who podcast. My name is Courtney Croucher, and I'm really excited to have you here. I've always been obsessed with self-development and pop culture and everything that influences how we live our lives, which is why we're here today, because I believe that with everything you do, every decision you make, for what, for who, my intention is for this to be a resource for people who want to have better relationships, health, professional growth, balance in your lives, and self-love. Subscribe to hear my journey along with special guests every Monday for a blunt approach to living life unapologetically on your terms. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the episode. Happy Monday, folks. I can't believe we're close to the end of March. Can you fucking believe it? I feel like I say this every week, but I don't know what day it is anymore. I feel like time is flying by so fast and it's really freaking me out. Um, You may have noticed that there wasn't an episode last week. That is because life is kind of kicking my ass and I'm really sorry. You know what? I'm kind of in this just fog of just trying to get through the last few weeks of a crazy work schedule and just some stuff going on in my personal life. And it's been a bit of a whirlwind, but I feel like I'm making through it. And apparently there was a full moon on Thursday, I think. And I was like, oh my God, is that why I feel like I'm going a little crazy? Like everything has just been chaos. And I'm like, what is going on? So I think everything's starting to calm down, I think. But I'm hopeful that we're moving past into a new season. You know, it's spring and it's just been weird. So thanks for being with me. Sorry there was no episode and I'm sorry I never communicated it. We're back. We're back and we're fine. We're It's all good. So part of the reason that I disappeared last week was part of the transition I've kind of made over the last couple of months into living a sober, curious lifestyle. And that's what I want to talk about today because I've gotten a lot of interest in my experience and just people wanting to know more and having questions. And I am starting to feel more comfortable to like really share because it's been like probably one of the things I'm the proudest of, but it's also been one of the most challenging things. And so I want to elaborate on my experience so far and kind of what got me here and really speak from a personal experience. Now, the one thing I want to mention is that I do not struggle with like alcoholism. I would never identify as an alcoholic. And I think there's a very different conversation if you're struggling with addiction. So, you know, please seek out professional resources and all of that. I am just speaking from a personal experience from someone who wants to repair the relationship with alcohol and be a little bit more healthier about it. But I don't struggle with like a true addiction or at least not the dictionary term. And I'll talk about that more in this episode, but just want to highlight that I'm not here to give any consulting or medical or professional help towards that subject. I think this is a very different thing. Um, But yeah, so just want to put that disclaimer out very quickly and kind of move on to discuss how we got here. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, that's probably where I've posted about it the most. Um, I decided to give up drinking in January. I was starting out with just dry, dry January, and then it's just continued. And now we're you know, almost three months in, and I can't imagine going back at this moment at least. And so I'm going to elaborate on how I got here because I think it's a conversation I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. And I think it's only just growing in curiosity. And there's this kind of movement of the sober, curious movement starting of more people and younger people wanting to abstain from 
alcohol and drugs and just the very interesting conversation that's starting about all of this because historically it hasn't been um this route I guess it's just been you're either an alcoholic or you drink you know it's been kind of this very black and white situation so I'm going to elaborate on all of this so how did we get here so the first thing I want to say is that like I started drinking you know at the age of 16 17 and it was something that I was always curious about. I think I grew up very quickly and I've always wanted to be older and I've always wanted to skip to the next stage, which sometimes I wish that I had hold on, held on to my youth more and held on to like just being a 15-year-old or 16-year-old, whatever it may be. But I just was so eager to grow up and I still find myself in that today of just always wanting to rush the process. And I think watching so much television and movies of just people doing cool shit in high school and college, it made me always like kind of interested in that too. And I think that is for a lot of people and also peer pressure, all of that. So I started experimenting with that pretty young, obviously below the legal age. Now the legal age in Canada is 19. So a couple of years younger than the US. So it just depends on where you're from. But um, I even remember going to Montreal, which is in Quebec, Canada, and their legal limit is 18. But I went on S-trip when I was in high school, and they didn't check a single friggin' ID, and I was like 16, 17, and I got into every club. They served me everywhere. Like, it was kind of crazy. So that was my first experience of really being in the club scene. But I went through phases where, like, I was really into, like, going to the gym and heavy lifting and all of that. But then I also experimented with partying. And now that I think back on it, when I was younger, I didn't know how to drink, you know, safely either or responsibly. I was always kind of taking it too far. And I think it was because I didn't know how to account for how short and small I am of a human that, you know, trying to drink one for one with people is just not what my body can handle. And I think it took a lot of years to figure that out and literally five foot two. So I just recently realized I'm fucking short (laughs) more on that later. But anyways, so that was already like a thing that I, when I look back, I'm like, I don't think I ever knew what a healthy amount of alcohol was. Now my parents don't drink, um, that I've seen them have, you know, a beverage or two here and there, but for the most part, um, my mom and dad do not drink and, My sister is younger than me. She's just recently started drinking in college. She's legal age and everything. But yeah, I did kind of this weird mixture of like really being into like health and fitness, but then would party. And typically when I did, I think I always left pretty like drunk and would kind of forget things. And no one would know how drunk I was because it just like I would almost like black out, but never really know it. And not, and I don't know if that's like a normal extent or what, like it's hard to think back on those years that also I feel like COVID has fucked up my sense of time. So maybe I'm remembering it differently as well. I don't know, but I think I've always just had something where like once I started partying, I partied, you know, I'd like really have fun. And then in university, I did a fair share of partying as well. And I noticed that the alcohol consumption was affecting my mental health. Like I could tell that 
it was kind of like third or fourth year where I was like, okay, wait, I think I need to like scale this back. Like I could notice that I would get really bad anxiety in the next day. I would have so many like stomach issues. It would be like days of depression after. And I realized it was all kind of surrounding when I would drink. So I actually played with like certain months where I would just like not drink and stuff like that without, you know, with throughout university. But I guess because I felt so good, I started drinking again, which is kind of stupid. It's like one of those things where like a medication starts working and then you stop taking it. But I didn't have like, I didn't have the communication or the even knowledge of like sober, curious lifestyle. So to see everyone else partying and drinking, and I really didn't encounter a ton of people who didn't drink. It was like, well, why would you stop, I guess? And I think that there was this vision, at least for me, that people who didn't drink or something were like were weird or had a problem. And maybe that was just my very like narrow view, but that's kind of what I always thought. And I have also grown up with many drug addicts and alcoholics in the family. So like in my external family. So that has been always something where I've been conscious of it, but I've almost been like intrigued by like you know, what alcohol does to you and like having fun and stuff like that. And I don't think it scared me enough to completely shut down from it. It was almost like I bred maybe a curiosity of it, but I never wanted it to get that far. But also seeing how it's ruined so many lives has kind of also led me here. So that's kind of complicated. I'm not going to get into it because it's not really my story to tell, but that's just a factor. So recently, um, when I, when I was kind of doing dry January, I've basically been at a time where I've been reading sober, curious books and following people for about a year. So after, um, 2020, I think it was like somewhere near the end of 2020, I got Holly Whitaker's quit like a woman book. Um, I had seen Melissa Wood post on her Instagram. Uh, she's Melissa Wood Health, the Pilates like uh, platform. And I fucking love her. And I just kind of idolize her. Everything she says, I just like really love. And I love the brand she promotes and just, yeah. So I, I'm really obsessed with her. And she was talking about how she doesn't drink and all of the things I was like hearing just kind of really connected with me, but I still didn't have that full like aha moment of maybe I need to like pursue this. And then I read that book. I think it was the end of 2020 or maybe the end. No, it must've been the end of 2020. Yeah. Sorry. I'm like trying to think of when this is because the pandemic has been too fucking long. Um, so I read like quit like a woman and it really did light my soul on fire. Like I was like, what the fuck? I've never heard anyone talk about like the use of alcohol like this. I've never heard the effects of this. I've never seen the feminist take on it. I didn't realize how much the marketing is um, parallel to how cigarettes were marketed to women back uh, decades ago. And I can't think of the, I think the 80s, 70s, 80s. And it just really did have this like different perspective that I had never thought of when it came to alcohol and more of like the industry and the culture around it. Like it really opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, and obviously as uh, if you have been following me for a while, I studied media and women's studies in university. I did a double major. And so those two uh, topics that were kind of used in this book of alcohol was just so fascinating to me and like really got my gears going. (laughs) 
So this started to kind of trickle in. And then I was like, just more, I'd say conscious of my relationship with alcohol. Um, I definitely found myself like drinking a lot of wine in 2020. Like I remember the day that we even announced, um, schools were shutting down. I was like drunk on a date. And then like days after I was just like, swinging bottles of wine because I just did not know how to cope. And that's kind of, I mean, not what started it, but that was probably what started me drinking like alone or, and like kind of dealing with stress where before that was more in like a partying setting. I wouldn't just like pour myself a glass of wine after a long day typically. So that was kind of a different take on it as well. I guess I should have included that in the context, but I read this book. It ignited this fire in me. And then I heard more people talking about it. Like I started to listen more podcasts about it and people who were more vocal on Instagram. Were t- so then when it, 2021 started, um, I had a really bad blowout with a family member um, just before on New Year's. And so that actually, the like hangover and the emotional hangover I had the next day and days after was so brutal that it did make me reevaluate like, whether I should drink or not, because I was, my anger was much more fueled by alcohol. And I think that the result of that fight would have been very different if I was, if I were sober. And I think that that never feels good. It never feels good to realize like you could have reacted in a different way and all of that. And I'm just not someone who loves to see that about myself and like not aim to learn from it. I think some people kind of, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to make this a general statement, but some people do just say like, oh, I was so drunk, haha, and they kind of move on. But I think that like, I really didn't like my role that I played in that. And I know it could have been better. So, and I knew it was because of the alcohol and I just didn't love that. So that made me cut back. I can't remember how long I went without drinking, but I definitely cut out for like the next four to five months in 2021, um, early 2021. But then I moved to Vancouver. When I got to Vancouver, it was vacation mode and it was like so nice out in comparison to Ontario. Um, and the like patios and restaurants and stuff were open where the restrictions were different in Ontario. So it was nice to like be near the beach on a patio, like margaritas flowing. So I think that's when I first started drinking again in 2021. If I'm correct, I can't actually remember if I, I might've had a drink or two. I, I don't really remember if it was like a total four to five months straight of no alcohol, but it was definitely significantly less. And then when I got to Vancouver, it was like exciting because it was like, new place, new city and fun drinks. Like it just, it was fun. But over the last few months, I've really started to overdo it. And I don't really know how I got down that path. I just found a lot of friends that I really enjoyed and they would go out and I would love to go out. And I just suddenly got into this habit of like drinking, not only like Fridays and Saturdays, but then it started to become like Thursday nights and then Wednesday nights. And it was just more, more and more often. And I think I struggle with being someone who is restricting anything. So if I tell myself like, I'm going to go out, it's like kind of all or nothing. And I don't know why I am the way that I am, but that has been my issue with a lot of different things. And I think I've always struggled to have this like, have fun at party while also like moving the needle towards goals and things like that. And also alcohol affects me so brutally. And so... I started to notice this because of the anxiety I would get, the crippling depression I would experience, the 
dark cloud over my head with brain fog. Like it just lingered. And the more that I drank, the more it lingered. But then the long, like there wouldn't be enough time period between days of drinking that you couldn't fully recover. Like, I mean, now I've been reading all these books and realizing how many days it actually requires for the alcohol to leave your system. So if you're drinking like every week, your body's truly not getting it out and it can really start to like cause some issues. And I noticed like the emotional issues I would experience. Like I would literally just wake up and cry when I was hungover. And it was like, not only cause you feel like shit, but also just the anxiety of like, what did I say? What did I do last night? Like just if it wasn't as fun as I wanted to be and now I'm paying for it, I would have like insane amount of guilt. There was a lot of stuff there. And, um, I really like started to overdo it in November, December. I think just like being burnt out from work and trying to learn how to cope with stress for the first time. Also this pandemic and all of that. Like I think a lot more was going beyond, going on beneath the surface that I didn't even realize until I stopped drinking, which was like also a huge fucking wake up call. So yeah, I anyways got to this point where in January came, I had a massive hangover from drinking with my best friend slash old roommate. And we had a fun night in Toronto for New Year's Eve, but the hangover the next day, I was like, I just, I can't do this anymore. I need to take a break. Like I'm, I'm crippled by anxiety. So I decided then that I was going to do dry January. I was like, I have to do this. I have to prove it to myself that I can do it. And I just felt so, so called to. And so that's what I did. And the harder it was getting, the more I realized how like necessary it was. The first couple of weeks was, were very difficult because, um, I had just gotten back to Vancouver the first week. I came back like the third or something after being home for a couple of weeks um, in Ontario for Christmas. And it was like really gross weather here in Van. Everyone had COVID. Like all of my friends were quarantined and I live alone. So just having a lot of isolation and experiencing that, especially after being around your family for many weeks, it was like just very insane contrast of like being in, a full house with dogs and all of that to being completely isolated was really rough and the gyms were closed and it was just all of that bullshit. So it was really like intense and just not knowing what to do with myself. I think that was not only out of boredom, but also not knowing how to cope with stress or loneliness or any of those emotions. And then I feel like each week it was kind of more weird. Like, okay, I'm used to going out and drinking. Like, what do I do with my time? What do I do with my weekend? Do I still see friends? I didn't know how my friends were going to react because I kind of told everyone in a weird way because I didn't really know what this was and I was trying to figure it out. But I also like needed to really be harsh with them. Like, no, I am not drinking to like make sure I stuck with it myself And so that had a lot of anxiety around it because I was like, oh my God, am I going to lose all of my friends? And I didn't really know like how to handle or navigate that because even though I've read books and I've listened to podcasts and stuff like that, there's just, it's scary to like potentially face that some of your friends might not be your true friends if they don't respect your sober lifestyle. So that was a little bit difficult, but honestly, my friends have been incredible. So anyways, moving beyond that. How it's been is 
I've experienced like a new way of having to deal with my emotions. I've had an increase in anxiety actually, actually, like I didn't realize how much social anxiety I have coming out of this pandemic, like severe, like gym anxiety. It's like stuff that I've never experienced before. And that's been really weird. And I don't think I ever experienced that social anxiety last summer when like things were starting to lift. And when I got here, like the restrictions were lifted and there were even no masks for a couple of months. I didn't experience social anxiety because I was always fucking drinking. Like I was always in a party scenario when I was socializing. So I didn't really have that sense of social anxiety because I would just kind of drink to escape that feeling. Where now, not having that, I'm like, oh, you can't escape this. This is interesting. You literally have to just like get through it. So realizing that about myself was kind of uncomfortable because I was like, I didn't know that this was going to be the case. And like, <laughs> it's funny how much you learn about yourself when you go through this. So it was just like, holy fuck, my eyes feel so wide open. And then I realized that like dating was kind of getting increasing in anxiety because I was like, oh, I haven't had sex sober and I don't even know how long. I haven't gone on a date sober like ever. You know, I'm thinking of all these things and I'm like, wait, what? It's all revolving alcohol? Like, and then you're questioning like, do I have a bigger problem? And I'm like, well, no, I don't think it is. I think it's just this weird normalcy around it, this society and culture around it. And I would say that one of the biggest helpers in this process and continuing was going to a an event that my friend found, actually. She had messaged me and she said, you know, there's this sober event next week. Are you free? You know, if you are, I'll buy tickets. This looks so cool. And I didn't even know what it was. I was just like, oh my God, yes. I just knew it was the sober event. It was like run by women. I was like, holy shit. I'm in. So we went to this event and it was by this um, company called Sansorium. And it was also run by a podcast who is a woman from Vancouver and she talks about sober living. And I was so excited because I didn't actually know what to expect. I wasn't familiar with any of these people. And Sensorium's like this like online retailer for non-alcoholic beverages, which is like so cool. I didn't even know this existed. And I was just so blown away. And it was one of the most amazing experiences. And hearing their panel was so, I would just say affirming, like hearing other people's experiences. Some of them had problems, others didn't. They all had their unique experiences, but they everything they said fucking resonated with me. Like everything. I literally teared up because I was like, oh my God, I feel so seen. And that really like changed the game because I flipped my mindset around some of the scenarios that I had, like even just approaching dating. One of the panelists was like, you know, giving her experience and her kind of perspective on it. And she was saying how, like, if someone makes you feel bad for not drinking, like you're fucking weird. And like, if someone makes you feel uncomfortable for not wanting to go get a drink, like there's so many other things that you can do. If someone's not creative enough to find any other thing, then they're probably not worth dating anyways. And I was like, oh shit, this is so true. Like this is just a different perspective. It made me feel so seen. So that really started to kind of change the game because even though I've heard some podcasts and read some books that really resonated so the two books that I've read were um, Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker and I'm Not Drinking Tonight by Amanda E. White. She was on an episode of Girls Gotta Eat podcast and that like resonated with me so deeply. Bought her book and it literally, I cried throughout reading the book. Like it just, it hit me so hard and so deeply. So definitely recommend those two books um, if you're curious. 
But it was such a different experience being able to go to this event and it was IRL, it wasn't virtual and seeing people and being able to connect with like-minded women who are interested in a similar topic and there were men there as well, but a lot of women. And there was like this bar and they had zero proof cocktails and I learned that you don't call, you shouldn't call them mocktails, you should just call them zero proof cocktails because they're still a cocktail, it just doesn't have alcohol in it. And I was like, huh, that's interesting, I'd never heard that before. You know, there's a lot of different like conversations about things that I just didn't even know. And I was just like, whoa, this is so fucking cool. There's a community out there that's not, that's also in the same boat. I'm not alone in this. And I think that was like a big, big thing because everything requires community and knowing that you're not alone and being able to hear other people's stories just is so, so fucking amazing and feeling that support. It's just, there's nothing beats that. And that I think was a big kind of like nail in the coffin for me with this decision. Cause I was like, I love this so much. And one of the panelists, she said that one of her favorite things that she's gotten out of it was the respect that she got from other people. And I have started to notice that actually. And I think that's been like super interesting of just when I do tell people that I don't drink and my kind of that, oh yeah, I actually don't drink. It's been a new thing, but you know, it's been about three months now and I'm feeling really good in that decision. Some people are like really like, holy shit, like go for you. And other people are like, ew, like what's your issue? And I've had literally like one time I was at a party and this guy literally was like, looked me up and down and just turned around and stopped speaking to me because I wasn't drinking. I just had kombucha and a wine glass, which I guess thought he thought it was wine. So I was like, oh no, I'm actually not drinking. He's like, oh, not tonight. Like, do you work in the morning? I was like, no, no, like I just don't drink anymore. And he literally just didn't even ask any follow-up questions, just like turned around, which was just like rude, but also like, whatever. (laughs) Like, okay. I just don't know like how me not drinking doesn't I don't know. It like, what does that have to do with your fucking experience? You know, it's annoying. So I only, I think that weak ass men are going to be who they're going to be, but I've definitely noticed, you know, the respect from people. I think the respect from myself has been even larger, like knowing that I'm working on myself and doing the deep work and handling things in a healthier way has been a huge respect developer within my own self and relationship with myself. I think confidence is coming with it. It's taking a little bit longer because when you stop drinking to escape feelings, those feelings are then like heightened and they almost feel brand new. And that has been something interesting working through. But I think in the long run, for sure, my confidence will increase. And already just the trust that I've developed within my own self and the confidence I have waking up on a Sunday morning, not wanting to die is incredible. Um, And So I'm sure if you're listening, you're like, okay, so what's keeping you doing this? So I'd say a couple of things that have been just like the most amazing benefits of it were the clarity that I got from not drinking, just the brain fog immediately lifted. It was like, I could finally think I could finally breathe better, sleep better, have more clarity in solutions at work, like just overall so much better in performance wise and the ability to think clearly. The other thing is the health commitment, even just being able to like work out every single fucking day without having a hangover, without, you know, having super shitty sleep. I mean, I've never been like a super solid sleeper. I've always had issues over the years, but I definitely sleep more and better 
since I stopped drinking, that's for sure. I've been able to be way more consistent in the gym because I'm not sluggish and, you know, leaving myself and, you know, stretching myself too thin because of the partying. So that's been great. Close the Apple Watch rings every single fucking day for the last like 80 days. I'm kind of obsessed, but it's also been pretty healthy. (laughs) So I'm really happy about that. And I find that my like hunger cues are different. Like I don't crave such shit food anymore. Um, I do notice that you actually like crave sugar a little bit more and I've started reading up about that and it's actually like a completely normal thing. Um, so I thought that was interesting, but I'm starting to kind of get over that now. It's been about three months. And I also just noticed that the kind of world we live in, like acknowledging the culture has been super fascinating. Um, and I think that you realize how many people are drinking to numb out and how just normalized it is. And I'm not here saying this because I want everyone to stop drinking or like anything, but I, this is called for what, for who this is about recognizing your patterns and what serves you and what doesn't. And for me, drinking does not serve me. And it really woke me up to a a harsh reality that we have normalized in our society and it, it's been fucking wild. Like, I just feel like I'm constantly having like kind of light bulb moments because I'm seeing things in such a different light and the rose colored glasses have been kind of stripped off, but a new pair of beauty has been put on. I don't know how to else ex- to explain that, but it's been really interesting and difficult, but beautiful and amazing. I've been able to really start to sense and be in tune with my intuition again and my body and what it's telling me, you know, even just my skin. Like I find that it's been starting to be a lot more normal. I have like the odd breakout, but most times my skin's been a lot better. I'm noticing that I am more sensitive to things, but like I've always been like that. And I find that when I'm really in tune with my body, I'm able to listen to it so much more. And I also find that like, the bloat from drinking alcohol was insane. And I never really noticed until like looking at photos within my stomach, my face. Like I just looked so fucking puffy because alcohol's it's literally drinking rocket fuel and it's so inflammatory. And I didn't realize how much like physical appearance it would change. Um, and I think just dropping the alcohol, like that already helps with bloating and just making your skin look brighter, clearer. My eyes look more clear, like all of that. But then also just being more consistent in the gym and eating healthier, like all wraps up into a beautiful combination of feeling way better and even starting to look better. And I also find that the, just like knowing what you want and what you don't want, the boundaries become a little bit clearer because when you're drunk, you typically, your ambitions are low, your inhibitions, is that the word? Inhibitions, yes, are lowered. So you're obviously just doing shit you wouldn't do or say when you're sober. I don't know that like the true me came out when I was drunk because honestly, drunk Courtney and sober Courtney are two different people. I would do shit that sober Courtney would have never done. And I don't think inherently I wanted to do it. Like, I don't know. I don't agree with that. I feel like I really did turn into a different person. It depended on what kind of things I would drink. Like tequila would make me slutty. Whiskey would make me angry. You know, wine would make me blackout. Like there were things that would make me cry. Like it's just stupid, right? The different types and effects it can have on you. 
And I also have noticed that I've saved so much money. Like when I tell you hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month, I'm not kidding you because if you think of the pre-drinks that you buy beforehand, then any drinks at the bars cover the Ubers, the Lyfts, the hangover food, the even the drunk food the night of. Like there is so much expense on top of being hungover the next day and not being able to be productive throughout the week and like there's so much that adds up that the cost to me is not worth it. And it's become crystal clear that it just it serves no purpose in my life. And I've been loving having that those extra funds to be able to put towards other things that serve me and my goals and my future so, so much more. And just reevaluating this relationship has taught me so much about myself. And I think that like that self-discovery is such a cool thing. And the fact that I'm 23 and noticing this now and getting to this place now is amazing. I don't know that without ridding alcohol in my life that I would have gotten here because I don't believe that you can do the deep emotional work when you're numbing out. And it depends on your relationship. If you're wondering if you need to start stop drinking, then maybe that's already a sign. Like I started Googling how to know when you need to cut out alcohol and, you know, cut back and stuff like that. And I was like, well, maybe even just that Googling is a problem. So those are the couple of things I've noticed and that's why I really started. And if you're thinking about wanting to get curious with your relationship with alcohol, I would just honestly start reading a couple of those books that I recommended, like Quit Like a Woman or I'm Not Drinking Tonight. Follow a couple different accounts. Um, I have them on my Instagram. I can do another post about it. There's a couple that are really incredible to follow. And that podcast episode on Girls Gotta Eat with Amanda E. White, it came out the first week of January of this year. That those all those resources were already like huge game changers for me. And I think just starting to like listen, I think is huge and learning and being able to just get curious with your relationship with alcohol, I think is really cool if you're open to that and wanting to do that. I think it's all kind of a trial and error and you have to find what works for you. And like I said, wanting to live a certain lifestyle and beating addiction are two different things. And I, I fall into this weird line for myself where it's like, I don't think that I have any kind of addiction. I don't think I'm an alcoholic, but I definitely don't think I have a healthy relationship with it. And I don't think it's serving me. So it's like this weird thing. Cause it's, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just, it's strange. It's a fine line. Cause I don't think anyone talks about that in our world. And it's just a recent conversation. I'm starting to see be started, which is kind of cool by the sober curious movement. And I would also just suggest you taking little breaks. Like if you take off, let's say three weeks, just recognize how you feel and what you do with your time and like how much it changes for you. Because if you're not a big drinker from the gut, it probably isn't an issue. It's something where it's like, if you find it starting to hindering, hindering your life or you're starting to feel like shit or you're, you just know you're kind of not living up to your fullest potential and you're not happy with it. Like at the end of the day, it's really about you and your comfort level. If you can go to bed and be okay with your decisions, then that is all that matters. I just know for me, I started to wake up and not like the person I was becoming. And that was a huge thing that I had to change. And only I can make that decision and take that responsibility to put matters into my own hands and make a change. 
And I encourage anyone who's feeling the same to do so, whatever that is in your life. And there's always going to be different toxic things that other people might not understand or might not experience. But I think doing it for you because you have to, because that's what helps you look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, kid, like I'm proud of you, then that's crucial. I mean, you have to be able to live with yourself. And for me, it was just like, I didn't like who I was becoming. I didn't actually align with my goals. For what, for who is all about living in that alignment. And when you're saying one thing and doing another, you're like, wait, what the fuck am I doing? And that's the point that I personally got to. Like, I was like, I'm valuing health and wellness, but I'm literally drinking rocket fuel and I value financial freedom, but I'm literally spending like $600 a month to be crippled by anxiety and depression. Like for what, (laughs) for who, (laughs) you know? So that was my experience. And like I said, I don't judge anyone who still drinks. I still go out. I still fun with my friends. Um, a big proponent, and I'm going to talk about this in another episode, but I do still smoke cannabis. I think that has a whole different relationship for me. I really, cannabis has always been like medicine and a tool for me rather than something to use to numb out. And I can talk about that further in an episode. It is legal in Canada, so there's something there where if you're in the US, it might not be the same, but it is legalized here. And it's something that I've talked about in the past and previous episodes. So I can get further into that and what it's like to be, I kind of like to call it Cali sober, um, like California sober, where you don't drink or do any drugs other than smoking weed, which I don't really consider cannabis to be like a drug. Like I don't put it in the same category as doing cocaine. But that is a whole other fucking topic. But yeah, that's been my experience. That is why I'm here. That is what's got me here. And yeah, it's been a pretty cool one. And I just kind of want to create this episode because I wish I had heard this from someone, I think, a couple years ago and knew that it was okay to take matters into your own hands to reevaluate your relationship with something that is seems so normal and normalized and almost weirder to not drink rather than drinking all the time. And I always want to create content that I wish I had at some point in my life. And I hope you find this helpful or at least entertaining. So thank you so much for listening. As always, you can connect with me on Instagram at the not so average betch and at for what for who podcast. I will have them linked below in the show notes. I will also link the two books and the podcast episode and all of that that I really loved because those have been really helpful resources to me. And yeah, if you like this episode, give it a rating, follow, subscribe, whatever platform you listen to it on. And if you found it really interesting and helpful, maybe even share it with a friend or on your stories. And I'd love if you could take me. As always, guys, love yourself, love others, and wash your fucking hands. I'll see you next Monday, actually with a guest this time. So enjoy your week, and I'll see you then.